You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Year of the Spirit, part seven of seven. Enjoy. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this family time, for gathering us out of our homes and bringing us into this warehouse in East Taunton to taste fresh hot Jesus, to eat more of you, to experience more of you, to, ha- to enjoy the appetizers and the, the salads and the, the, the first plate and the second plate and the third plate and the dessert and, and, and all that you've prepared for us this week. Lord, we choose to participate and to eat and to receive all of Jesus that you want to give us. Holy Spirit, reveal Christ to us this morning. Transform us so that when we leave here today, we're different than when we came in. That we're stronger, more sure and certain of you than we've ever been in our lives. It's in your name we gather and receive, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, Jesus has solved all your problems. It's true. Jesus has solved all of your problems. There's only one problem you might have. You may not know how good God is. That's the only problem a person could really ever have. The goodness of God will fix every problem in your life. And it's interesting, you know, over the decades, just talking to different people, and I try and preface this because I'm not trying to pull out anyone specific, about the goodness of God. And you'll talk with believers who've been in the body for a long time, and they're, that's, that's nice, the goodness of God. But we need to move on to more important topics. We need to talk about some stuff that's, you know, more important, that's more weighty. I want you to know there's nothing more important than the goodness of God. There's no more weighty topic. There's nothing more powerful than his goodness. It's not a little side issue that, that's kind of nice to talk about, but then we go through our lives on a Monday. It's the very center that we build our lives on. So the goodness of God is about you when you have a bill to pay. When you receive a bill in the mail saying that you owe this amount of money, the goodness of God wants to pay that. That might sound crazy. That's because you don't know how good he is. That doesn't mean that you don't pay it and that you have to go to court. (laughs) But it means that you're trusting in his goodness to provide for every need in your life. 
That may be through your job. It may be through uh, someone uh, in your life, someone you've never met. It may be through an organization. It may be through a means you've never heard of or aren't even aware of. When Peter had a need to pay his taxes, Jesus told him to go and to catch a fish, which Peter knew how to do, but not sell the fish that inside of the fish's mouth there would be a provision, there would be money inside of that fish's mouth and that Peter should use that money to pay his taxes. That's weird. Isn't that weird? I mean, why didn't, wouldn't it have been better if Jesus would have, you know, got out PayPal and just sent him some money? God wants to do things in your life that are weird. What do I mean by weird? Different than what you're used to. Different than what the world says should happen. Different than what the church says should happen. What religion says should happen. I love Jesus. That's so fresh. Isn't that fresh? You know how to catch a fish, so go do what you know how to do. But don't go and sell that like you think you, you, like you've done previously. I'm going to put something inside of what you know how to do that's going to meet your needs. And it's not going to require a yes or no from someone else because I've told you to do it. See, if he would have went and caught that fish and then went to the market and sold it for the market price, that would have required the interaction of other people. And that's what he was used to doing. And that makes sense, right? We can all relate to that. You're a fisherman. You catch the fish. You go to the market and you sell it at the market price or better if you can. And you make a profit, right? That makes sense. That's normal. It's not what Jesus told him to do. See, the year of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to lead you in your financial life. But you've got to be ready to follow his lead. He's going to ask things of you. He's going to instruct you to do things that aren't going to seem to make sense. What Jesus told Peter made no sense, never was it done before. There was no precedent for that. I'm going to find money in a fish's mouth to pay my taxes. I can't think of any historic precedent for that. Can you guys? I'm, trying to, I'm zipping through the Scriptures, Old Testament. I can't think of any. Could it be the Holy Spirit wants to do things in your life that, that, are, that there is no precedent set for? Listen, John said, Jesus did so many other things at the end of the Gospel of John that we can't even write them down. That if we were to try and write down everything Jesus did the whole world wouldn't have room for the books that we could write. What a statement. God wants to do things in your life that haven't been written yet. Oh. He wants to do things in your life that, that have, not be, have not been determined by a past precedent. Hallelujah. 
Listen, if you're struggling in any area, it's knowing the goodness of God for you that will stop the struggling, that will set you free from it. It's knowing how much God loves you. It's knowing how good he is toward you that will set you free from what you've been struggling with for years. If all we talked about for the rest of our lives was the goodness of God, that would be enough. If the only thing we studied in the Scriptures was the goodness of God, it would be sufficient. The year of the Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit leading us in this year? Right into the center of the heart of God. Right into the center where everywhere you look, you see God. Where God's 360 degrees around you in 4D. Where the love of God is a a sphere that you live in. It's a sphere that you operate and breathe and eat in. It's a sphere that you make decisions in. It's a sphere that you interact with people in. That's where the Holy Spirit is leading us, right into the center of this sphere of God's love. S-P-H-E-R-E, sphere. See, the Holy Spirit wants to reveal the goodness of God to you. Religion doesn't like that. Religion wants you to talk about these lofty theological concepts that will make no difference in your life. In fact, we were at this conference, and uh, we were in a hotel down there. I think it was in the hotel we were in. Or maybe we, were, we, traveled, we went around and saw different things. But one place we were in, and it wasn't related to the conference that we were in at all, because the conference was excellent. But there was this like a plaque on the wall of a religious organization And I guess it was like their vision or mission statement. And it was maybe five or six sentences long. I tried to read it. And it was full of all kinds of ethereal theological words. I didn't understand it. I thought, what in the world are they saying? I mean, it sounded poetic, pretty, uh, sophisticated. But I thought there's not one person, and I'm not kidding you, not one person on planet Earth that could read that and run with it. Not one. Anywhere. Ever. Because it's not the Spirit of the Lord. It was just a bunch of religious mumbo-jumbo. What's our purpose at Highway Church? To help people experience a real relationship with the real Jesus. Can you run with that? Yeah. That's Holy Spirit stuff right there. Right? The Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you today the goodness of God. When you become sure, I mean when you know from experience how good your Father is, you become immovable. The devil won't be able to shake you or move you anymore. 
You become someone he can't stop. Are you unstoppable to hell? It's time to be unstoppable. It's time to be someone hell has no effect on. Let's open up our Bibles to John chapter 14. The Holy Spirit in this year is bringing us right into the center of the heart of God. That you would live in the sphere of his love. Who was it? I, I like on Black Panther. How many people have seen the most recent Black Panther movie came out? Was it last year or two years ago? And what's the name of the nation he's from? Wakanda. Is it Wakanda? Yeah. I like that shield they have around him. Isn't that cool? But they have this shield around them. And, and, and no harm can get in. And, you, and, and they, it's a kind of a cool place like you don't know it's really there. So to the world around, uh, the, 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 the nation they're from looks like a poor country, a third world country. But in reality, it's the most prosperous nation in the world. And there are a lot of parallels to that in your life. You, know, you're, you, you go to work tomorrow and you're, you're, you're doing what you do and you're interacting with people and they look at you and maybe there doesn't look anything different about you, but there's an eternal reality of the goodness of God inside of you that will heal their lives, that will transform them. Transform them. There's a sphere of God's protection around you that you can't see with your natural eyes, but it's very real. And, and for years, Jennifer and I have been taking people on trips, and, and uh, we, I took one time about 50 uh, young people on a plane to Texas. Another time we took four vanfuls of young people from uh, Providence to uh, Detroit, Michigan, to the Pontiac and uh, Silverdome. I don't even know if that still exists anymore. doesn't, does it? <laughs> it was back in 2000 or 2001. And we've gone on trips with large groups of people that we were responsible for. And we became parents, and we have children, and their well-being is our responsibility. But any time that I'm taking a trip with someone, I'm cognizant of this force field around us that's better than what the Black Panther has, because it's real. And we were landing in, in Boston on the way back, and... There was a lot of turbulence, a lot of wind, you know. And that's always fun when you're flying, you know. You kind of feel like you're a, inside of a, a, one of those. When I was a kid, we used to have these little things. You rolled them on the floor and they popped. Uh, I don't know, what do you call them? They're pop, 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 pop vacuums. I don't know. But I, I kind of felt like one of those when we were landing in Boston at about, I don't know, midnight or one in the morning, yeah. Um, but I'm cognizant, you know, and you're there, and certainly the enemy tries to tell you what's going to happen, right? But I, I've learned since 1989 when I started meditating on the promises of God that I don't listen to him. I don't let him tell me what's going to happen in my life. I tell him what's going to happen, right? Hell has no authority in your life. That authority was, was destroyed when you put your faith in Christ. So I just like to, during those times, rejoice and praise him and thank him for his force field and power surrounding us. 
that no matter what, we're going to arrive at our destination. However we get there, we're getting there and we're getting there safely. So the Holy Spirit and Jesus have this same goal. You know, they're, they're really identical, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They're the same in, in purpose. They're the same in, in their, their function and their goal. It's to reveal the Father to us. To reveal God's heart to us. So in this year, 2019, we want you to cultivate this relationship with the Holy Spirit that is more real and more intimate than you've ever had before, okay? We want you to get to know the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. He's not strange, he's not weird, and he's not spooky. He's the best friend you could ever have. He'll comfort you, he'll counsel you, he'll strengthen you, he'll stand beside you, he'll go before you, he'll quicken you like no one else can. Jesus said this in John 14, verse 16. He said, I will pray the Father. Now, this is when Jesus was on earth, right? He came as a man, and he administered um, for over three years with his disciples. He demonstrated to us what a man could do in a relationship with God as Father. He said, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Well, who's the first comforter? Jesus, right? He's talking about himself, right? He said, I've been with you these past few years. I've been comforting you, but I'm going to be leaving, and the Father's going to give you another comforter who's going to be just like me, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not. Right? The world says, if I can't see it with these eyes, I don't believe it. And as a result, they miss out on, on, on all that God has provided for them. God wants us to see with the eyes of our heart, right? They don't see him and they don't know him, so they don't acknowledge him. They don't receive him. But you know him, for he dwells with you. You know the Holy Spirit wasn't in the disciples, right? You know that? They knew him. He dwelled with them because he was in Jesus, right? They were with Jesus. The Holy Spirit was in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit was teaching the disciples, but he wasn't in the disciples, right? They weren't born again yet. They weren't full of the Holy Spirit yet. But Jesus said he shall be in you. And that's when the real fun begins. When the very Spirit of God enters your body and begins living in you. Verse 29, excuse me, verse 26, same chapter. This is in the Amplified Translation. And I want you to read these descriptions as the Greek word paraclete communicates a lot of things when Jesus says the Comforter. He says, but the Comforter, this one who's like me, who's with you now, but it's going to be in you. He's going to be your counselor. He's going to be your helper. He's going to be your intercessor. In other words, he's going to pray on your behalf. Amen. He's not going, only going to teach you how to pray, but he's going to pray on your behalf to the Father. Thank you, Lord. He's your advocate. 
He's for you. He's your strengthener. He stands by you and nothing could ever make him leave you. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, I like this, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. Holy, the Holy Spirit should not be a mystery to us. And the reason it is is because the nature of Jesus is a mystery to so many believers. Because they've been ingrained with religious tradition instead of the real Jesus. Those days are over for you. You're being trained in the real Jesus. Are you willing to walk away from your religious tradition? Some are and some aren't. I am. I did. I have. Why? Because there's no one like Jesus. So Jesus says, the Holy Spirit who's coming, He's going to represent me. He's going to do what I've been doing. He's going to act on my behalf. He will teach you all things and He will cause you to recall. He'll remind you of. He'll bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. Now, you'll notice this in your life if you've been walking with the Holy Spirit. Now, everyone's different, and I'm not against taking notes, and sometimes I do, and I do it on my phone now. Something hits me, and I write it down. But I've found this. When I'm listening to a message, I'm just listening. And the Holy Spirit will speak things to my heart, and they never go away. And it could be 20 years ago, and he'll bring it up again. It's, it's this eternal operating system that is so supernatural where you don't have to call it up or work it up with your natural mind. When God speaks something to you, it is permanently deposited inside of you and He'll call it up when you need it. It's not your memory that's going to change your life. It's the remembrance of the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between your memory and what the Holy Spirit brings to your consciousness. Because that is by Him and He can do that anytime. That's what's so important about meditating in the promises of God. As you're meditating in them, you're giving the Holy Spirit material to work with. If you don't have the Word of God inside of you, it's like the Holy Spirit is almost mute in your life. He can't speak to you because you can't hear Him. The Word of God is the medium He communicates with. The more promises, the more you begin to meditate and understand the promises of God in the Bible, in the Scriptures, the more you study the person of Jesus, the clearer the voice of His Spirit becomes. Okay? Verse, uh, let's go to Chapter 16 of John. Stay in John chapter 16, just a couple chapters later. I encourage you to read John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17. One of the most important passages in the Scriptures because we see Jesus on earth as a man revealing this relationship that we are in right now with God as our Father. And in verse 7, he says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient, that means advantageous, profitable for you, 
that I go away, for if I go away, the Comforter, who's like me, who's going to perfectly represent me and act on my behalf, who's going to counsel and help and intercede for you, who's your advocate, strengthener, and stand by, he's, uh, he will not come unto you until I depart. And I'll send him unto you. Then a few verses down in verse 13, Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit. He said, How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. Amen. Jesus said, I am the truth. He will guide you into all that I am. Do you see that? Remember, truth is not a theological concept. Truth is the person of God. Truth is the person and nature of Jesus. He is truth. Let me ask you a question. What's the purpose of truth? The purpose of truth is to enable you to experience God. That's the purpose of Jesus. I am the truth. What's the purpose of truth? Don't treat truth as this, you know, marbled statue somewhere that has no relevance to your life. Truth is the nature of God. It's who He is. And the purpose of Jesus, the purpose of truth, is to open the door so that you can personally taste God every day of your life. So you can contact God. So that you can experience Him in your personal, private life. That's the purpose of truth, to enable you to personally experience God each day of your life. So what's the purpose of a lie then? To keep you from personally experiencing God in your life, right? That's the purpose of a lie, is to gum up the works, to give you a twisted picture of God. To keep you from hearing the voice of God. To keep you from tasting and seeing how good He really is. Right? That's why what you believe is so important. That's why learning about the goodness of God is so important. It's not a side issue. It's the heart of what we do. What you believe makes up the foundation, the core of you. If you don't know how good He is your foundation, your core is going to be skewed. Now, we're going to get into some good stuff here. And I want you to put your seatbelts on because we need to know how good He is. We need to know how much He loves us. And if religious people get mad at us, that's okay because the goodness of God is more important to us than religious tradition. So the Holy Spirit is revealing the nature of God to us. He's illuminating the heart of God to us so we can live in it. We can be surrounded with the love of God. We can, we can live in His protection. We can live in His glory and life. We can live in His health and strength. We can experience His provision. We can pull the money out of the fish's mouth and pay for what we need to pay for. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. 
verse 17. And we read these scriptures in our last message in this series two Sundays ago. But it's so important because we see the heart of God in these scriptures. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, this is the Apostle Paul praying who had a personal, intimate experience with Jesus. Jesus appeared to him personally and taught him the revelation of the new covenant, the gospel of grace that we're preaching right now. And in verse 17, Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says, I keep asking... He's praying for the believers. These are people who are already born again. They are already filled with the Spirit. But Paul was praying for them. He said, I keep asking that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, all revelation means is to see. It's revealed to you. I see clearly how much God loves me. That's what a revelation is. Okay? The spirit of wisdom and seeing clearly. Why? So that you may know, that Greek word epinosis there, is experiential knowledge. Not that you would know about so you can answer questions when you're playing Bible trivia or if you're on Jeopardy and there's a Bible category. He's saying, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will open your eyes so that you can personally experience Christ, God the Father, and personally know Him better. I'm praying that you may experience God more than what you're currently experiencing. I pray that for you this morning that you personally may experience God more than you ever have before. Say, well, I thought I was born again. I thought I was full of the Holy Spirit. Well, you are, but you've got to, we need, it's not an automatic thing because you're not a robot. You can't just push a button and all of a sudden know God. You can't just push a button and all of a sudden be married. You have to have a relationship with the one you're married to. Right? Wouldn't that be stupid to have some kind of automatic marriage option? Right? Where you go to Walmart to the marriage section and you choose your spouse and, oh, this one's on sale for $19.99. And, and look, you know, it runs on double A's and it's got a 10-year warranty and manufacture guarantee okay i'll take this is my spouse let's go right you go home you put the double a's in and i love you i love you i love you i love you wouldn't that be a great marriage love doesn't work that way love doesn't run on double a's or triple a's love doesn't have batteries god is love so you might be born again and full of the Holy Spirit, but you've got to walk in this relationship. You've got to stop listening to the devil. Stop listening to discouraging thoughts and, and stop cooperating with darkness and start saying what God says about you. See, when you open your mouth and begin to say what God says about you, now your marriage starts to get hot. Now this relationship with God starts to, to come alive inside of you. Verse 18 in the Amplified. 
by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. Are you telling me Christians can live in darkness? Of course. You can have the light of the world inside of you and still be in darkness? Yeah. Why? Because you're believing the wrong stuff. You can have the light of the world inside of you and be very depressed. Be very discouraged. Live a very defeated life. Why? Because of what you're believing and what you're speaking. And he's praying that the eyes of their heart will be flooded with light so that you can know, there it is again, epinosis, that you can personally experience and personally understand more the confidence to which God has called you to. You've been called, that's what hope is. It's this it's confident expectation in this context. So that you can personally experience and understand the confident expectation you're called to live in. So that you can personally experience and understand how rich you are. So that you can personally experience and understand in your daily life the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of His power that's inside of you, that's for you who believe. So we see it's not automatic. I've got to consciously choose to give Him my attention each day. Even if I'm watching something, what was it? Uh, we're on a flight. What was it? Uh, the flight gave you lots of movies option, lots of movie options on JetBlue. And I, I usually dim the screen and I like to do other things, but I just felt like watching something. So I scrolled through the movies and I just check out. I go online and like read the reviews before I watch it and see what the content is. And uh, so I just, I just, I, I went through. I said, you know, there's nothing here I really want to see, but maybe this one. It was uh, called um, Hidden Figures. Have you guys seen it? It was uh, about the women who worked for NASA in the early '60s. Really good movie. But I don't just watch anything. And if I am going to watch something, and sometimes there's some questionable stuff and stuff, you, you know, you can't get away from all of it. And and, but even as I'm watching. I'm, I'm, my mind's on him. And I'm not going to let something stupid in a movie enter me. I'm just, just let it pass and keep on watching. You know, there's, sometimes there's some really good movies. There's just a few stupid scenes. So it doesn't add to the movie at all. We should take them out. But I'm not going to let that affect me, right? I'm not going to let that uh, affect the life of God in me. I'm going to keep my mind stayed on him no matter what I'm doing, right? Because the resurrection power of Christ, I want that flowing in me. I don't want to put a lid on that. I don't want darkness to cover that. So this is what the Holy Spirit does. He illuminates our hearts so that the resurrection power of Christ in us can flow freely. Okay? Now, let's read a couple more scriptures and I'm going to say a few things and we'll wind this up. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. This is the Holy Spirit in us. However, as it is written, this is what the Holy Spirit does. No eye has seen, no physical eye. No ear has heard, no physical ear. No physical mind has conceived uh, 
what God has prepared for you, for those who love Him. In other words, this is beyond what man can come up with. This is not something we've created to, to have a church. This is something that the very Spirit of God, verse 10, but God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So long before I ever knew you, in the 1980s, God was moving in my life. And He began revealing to me the things that He provided for me in Christ. Why? For you. He saw this day coming. And He brought me to this place so that I could, could impart to you what He's deposited in me. That's how this works. That's what church is. That's what apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are. They're people that God has deposited revelation of His nature into so they can impart it to you so you can daily experience Him. Okay? I like how the... Uh, the New Living Translation says it. God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. His Spirit shows all things and the deep things of God. The New Living Translation says, The Holy Spirit shows us God's deep secrets. Things that make religious minds just... God, the Holy Spirit reveals to us the deep secrets of God's love. What we're doing right now is very supernatural. This is something you can't learn by attending a formal university somewhere. This is by the Spirit of God. In fact, the Wiest translation of verse 12. Let's read that. Same chapter. But as for us, not the Spirit of the world system did we receive but the spirit who is of God in order that we might come to experience that's the word there to experience personally the things which by God have been in grace bestowed on us verse 13 I love this in the least which things also we put into words. Now, this is an apostle talking. This is a preacher talking, right? He's saying what we do is supernatural. We put into words the deep secrets of God by the Spirit of God. <laughs> Which things also we put into words, not in words taught by human philosophy, not in words taught by the Spirit, excuse me, but in words taught by the Spirit. Not in words taught by human philosophy, but in words taught by the Spirit. Fitly joining together Spirit-revealed truths with Spirit-taught words. That's what you get every time you come. Spirit-revealed truths with Spirit-taught words. That is what will change your life. That's what you need in a church. You don't need religious philosophy. You don't need the ideas of man. You don't need man's tradition. You need spirit-revealed truths with spirit-taught words. 
Now, the Holy Spirit reveals to us the deep secrets of God, the very heart and center of God. I want you to know that he already did that through Jesus. In fact, Acts 10.38 says it this way. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good. And healing. Healing is good, right? Went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So who oppresses people? Are you sure? You're right. It's the devil. What does God do? What does the Holy Spirit do? He does good and He heals. That shouldn't be a deep secret. But it can be a mystery to you if you've been listening to the enemy or to man's religious tradition. Let's talk about that a little bit. We, we sing a song here that was written by Chris Tomlin. I really like. I like the message of it mainly. It's called Good, Good Father. And that's my heart. But let me ask you a question. Is God a good father? You don't have to say yes because we're in church. What do you really think about that? How do, you, how do we know if God is a good father? What guru should we talk to? How many followers does someone need on Instagram before I can get a, a straight answer from them? What do they have to wear? How cool does their church have to be? before they can answer that question for me. Is God a good father? Well, we can know for sure by looking at Jesus. We can see exactly what God our Father is like, exactly what the Holy Spirit is like by studying Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Would you agree with that statement? In fact, there's a simple little Bible study help we have at Highway Church. And I'll tell people this. When you're reading through the Bible, if you read something it doesn't seem to make sense, ask yourself the question. If you're thinking, well, I don't understand. Would, Would God do that to somebody? Ask yourself the question, would a good father do that? If the answer is no, then God would not do that. It's that simple question. If you're wondering if God has done something in your life, ask yourself a question, would a good father do that to their child? If the answer is no, then God didn't do that to you. This is really important. 
We said something in our last message, and we talk about this fairly regularly at Highway Church, because it's one of the greatest errors ever to leave the mouth of any preacher or to come forth from any church. It's one of the greatest strongholds in the earth today, and it is this idea that God is controlling everything that happens in the world. The Bible doesn't teach that. Jesus actually taught the opposite of that. He demonstrated the opposite of that. Yet many preachers will tell people that because they're trying to figure it out in their own mind. So rather than, than going to Jesus, they'll come up with their own theological explanation of some tragedy that's happened to try and make themselves and someone else feel better. But what it ends up doing is breaching trust in the heart of people between God and people's hearts. So some, someone loses a loved one or, or a loved one goes through a terrible accident or tragedy and a minister doesn't understand the things that we teach here. And so what they'll, all they know to say is, well, God must have had some mysterious purpose in what your loved one went through. And that's what our trust is in. That's what our hope is in. That's one of the goofiest, weirdest things you could ever tell somebody. If we just stop being religious and be real. I have children. If I do something strange to them and hurt them and try and justify that with God, I'm really twisted. If I injure my children for any reason, I'm perverted. If I intentionally hurt my children, injure them, put them in an accident, put a disease in their body, I'm a pervert. I'm a criminal. I need to be thrown in jail and executed. I've crossed an evil line that should never be crossed. I'm just being real with you. There is a line that no human being should ever cross, especially when you're dealing with children. Why would we ever say that God would do something like that? That God did that to your loved one for some mysterious, hidden reason? If that is true, then he is not a good father. Let's just be real. So we just, okay, if we just accept that, what's happened in our heart now? A breach. If we accept that wrong thinking, that dark teaching, there's a, a breach that happens in our heart. How do we really trust God now? How can I trust someone who did that to someone I love? I can't. I mean, if, I, if I'm really religious, I can play the game. I keep coming to church and do all my prayers and do my stuff. But way down inside, something's broken. This, this is stuff that needs to be talked about. This is where, where we live. God did not do that to your loved one. And he never will. 
See, that's why Acts 10.38, if you go back to that, is so important. This is the nature of God. He does good and he heals. The devil does bad and he, and he destroys. It really is that simple. So we, we went into more in-depth last in our last message. You can listen to all these on our website for free or at, on the iTunes store. Our podcast show is there. But we looked at Matthew 12, 25 through 29, and we're not going to go back in there again. But Jesus actually taught us that the earth is Satan's stronghouse. Jesus referred to Satan as the ruler of this world. God is not the ruler of this world. Very important to understand that. God gave man authority, dominion, sovereignty over the earth, and through man's disobedience, Satan stole that sovereignty over the earth. So God is not controlling what's going on in the world. If God were controlling what's going on in the world, there wouldn't be one crime. There wouldn't want be one bad thing happening. There'd be no lack, no poverty, no sickness, no disease, no war. Okay? He's not controlling. Jesus taught us that very clearly. He taught us that the earth is the strong man's house. But the good news is that when you put your faith in Christ, your life becomes off limits to Satan. He cannot do what he wants in your life anymore. When you enter into Christ, you enter into a safe place. But even that, you've got to learn that. You've got to grow in that. You've got to meditate on the reality of that. You've got to know what belongs to you. If you don't know that you're safe, Satan can talk you out of that. If you don't know you're healed, Satan can talk you out of that. So the truth is God is not allowing what's going on in the world. If he could stop it, he would, but he can't. Because he cannot violate his word. God has put his word in place. He's put his principles and laws in place, and he can't violate them. Okay? It's like gravity. Gravity is a good thing, but you can, you can be damaged by it if you don't know what it, how it responds and you decide to leap off of a building. It's going to work in your life, not because God wants that to happen to you, but because you've ignorantly or, or intentionally done something that can bring harm into your life, that can destroy you. There are spiritual laws like that. People don't even know there are such a thing as spiritual. There are physical laws, right? Gravity is one of them. What does gravity say? You've got to stay on the ground, right? Even flight, you've got to understand the law of gravity to fly in an airplane. Right? And the principle of lift. There are certain laws that work together and override and interact with each other. Where there are spiritual laws that so many believers are ignorant of. And they don't know why what's happening in their life, but it's because of their wrong thinking. This is not to put blame on anyone. All right? Listen, if you walk into a messy situation, you're going to get messy. We're living in a messy world. So that doesn't mean that because something bad happened to someone that they did something bad. That's another thing that, that the Pharisees taught. So don't get down on yourself. Listen, 
bad things happen in this world because this is a bad world. It doesn't mean you're to blame for it. It doesn't mean your loved one's to blame for it. Even get your mind out of that. Why? Who did what? Get your focus on Jesus. He's the answer. Okay? So bad things can happen to people not because they're directly responsible, just because the earth is under the curse of sin. Okay? So this is not to condemn anyone. It's to set us free and get our focus off of, you know, did God do that? Did so-and-so bring that about in their life? No, Jesus is the answer to this. This is not the heart of God. This is not my Father's nature. He heals, He delivers, He sets free. So I'm going to turn my attention off of destruction and off of me and put it on Him and receive His healing. Right? Now here's what I love how Jesus said this. Well, let, me, let, me, let me give you a, two more scriptures and we'll be done. Romans chapter 8. Do you know that God is not one with the earth? That sounds pretty, doesn't it? God is one with his creation. No, he's not. Listen, you'll find that in other philosophies. What are we talking about? Where this concept of God controlling the earth, God being one with the earth is wrong. God is not one with the earth. He made it. He created it. The earth is not a being. It's a thing. He's not one with it. He created it. It's the strong man's house now, but there's going to be a new earth made after Christ returns. Look at chapter 8 of Romans in verse 19. says the creation, that's the earth, the universe waits in eager expectation, what? For the children of God to be revealed. For you to realize the things we're talking about and stand up and take your place. Amen. See, the earth is a thing that responds to the authority of human beings. The earth will respond to the authority you exercise. We talked about the quantum realm. That was one of the shocking discoveries of the quantum realm. It responds to people. Matter responds to people. Your atmosphere will respond to you. So we're not, we're not one with the earth. God is not one with the earth. The earth is a thing that is waiting for you to take your place and speak to it and put it in its place. The Passion Translation says the entire universe is standing on tiptoe. Yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. I love that. You can't take your place if you think the earth is your mother. You can't. Because it's just not true. There's no mothering in the earth. The earth is a rock that God spoke to. And any life that's in the earth comes from His Word. The earth is not our mother. We're not one with it, right? The earth is waiting for you to take your place as a son and daughter of God. Now here's the last thing. So we come against these dark ideas of God at Highway Church because they'll, they'll hinder your faith. They will hinder your faith. You can't be sure of His love for you. You can't take your place if you listen to these wrong concepts of God. Here's another one, and we'll close with this. It says, uh, God's judgment is bringing wrath on people. Have you heard that one before? 
comes up regularly. Well, you know, it's God's judgment. He's bringing wrath on those people because they're, they've, they're in sin. That's wrong. In fact, we'll look at Jesus. We'll be done. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Let's see here. How can we do this quickly? So Jesus is, is going to Jerusalem. And um, verse 52, he sends messengers ahead. He stops in a village of the Samaritans. They didn't receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. So he's got his mind on what he's about to do. In verse 54, when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? That sounds like a good religious thing to do. What did Jesus say? He turned and rebuked his disciples and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. God doesn't do things like that. God doesn't destroy people because they're living in sin. He came to save people who are living in sin. Do you see that? So we go to Jesus and these goofy religious things that are said by preachers hold no weight. We realize they're wrong. And you're not going to hear them here. Okay? So the Holy Spirit, He does good things in our lives. He brings us into the center of the heart of God. He ministers life to us. He leads us out of destruction and into wholeness. He came to save people's lives, not to destroy them. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your amazing love. We receive every last drop of it, every ounce of your love for us. Help us, Holy Spirit, to become confident in your goodness. In any breaches that have taken place in our heart because of things, wrong things that we've believed about you, fix those now. Illuminate those areas of our heart and repair those breaches that we know how much you love us and how good you really are. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.